Morning, John. <clears throat> Morning, Steve. How are you today? I'm I'm good, John. Uh, here we are back for another uh, Obvious Brothers. And uh, for the three of you who are listening, uh, we are the Obvious Brothers. I'm Obvious Steve. And I am Obvious John. Yes, and there, there, there is John off in the uh, Houston swamp, uh, just ready, ready, uh, ready to go get him, right, John? Begging for rain. Begging for oh, really? Uh, yeah, it's it's been bad here. Yeah, well, we've had we've had several days of thunderstorms in the afternoon, so we're we're good for a while. So, so John, it's been a, uh, a wild and crazy week uh, again. So we we've got lots to talk about. Uh, yeah. uh, how many John Stewart clips have you uh, watched? I haven't seen any actually. Oh really? Oh, John John was pretty fired up yesterday. So yeah, he was. Uh, what was it about? Well, you know, he's a big he's a big proponent for. Uh, uh, EMTs and veterans, and uh, you know they they blocked a veterans health care bill. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe maybe Wednesday afternoon, a bill that's particularly designed to uh, pay for the health care of uh, uh, well Afghan and uh, and uh, Iraqi veterans who have some sort of conditions from. Uh, having been in the war, particularly cancers and bronchial issues and those sorts of things. So, yes, the the uh, uh, you know, minute I say it, it's going to sound political, but the the Republicans in the Senate, uh, you know, in the infinite infamous, they need 60 votes. Enough of them voted no to not let it come to a vote, and he was. Uh, yeah, he was he was pretty fired up. He was on multiple stations dropping the f bomb, and uh, yeah, uh, trying trying to trying to make make sure everybody knew that this was hypocrisy and this wasn't right, and you know we needed really to support our troops better. Yeah, that was not good at all. Um, imagine we'll probably be hearing from Mr. Gary Sinise as well. Well. Uh, it might might be, but uh, you know, I I know I saw I saw clips of him multiple places, uh, and he did he did point out on the one appearance that Fox News was not letting him on. So, uh, John Stewart or Gary Sinise? Uh, Stewart. So he was. Shocker that Fox News wouldn't let him on. Real uh, surprise. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, inter- interesting notion of news sometimes, but that's. Uh, that is a philosophical discussion, maybe for another day with with some other people. Yes. So, all right. Well, philosophical discussions. All right, John. So, so you you ready for the opening joke? You're not. You're you're not, John. So, did your sister tell you uh, that I got injured playing hide and seek this week? No. Yeah, I I went to the hospital and they put me in the ICU. That's a classic, right there, man. Uh, yeah, that's. You know what I always find. I was thinking about the other day was that your eyelashes are specifically designed to keep stuff out of your eyes. Yeah. But every time I have something in my eye, it's an eyelash. It's kind of ironic. 
Oh, wow. Okay. So, so boys and girls at home, this is the level of material we have today, and it's, it's, uh, uh, it is not a high bar. No, it is not. So, so my, my calendar for today that is uh, at least on the vicious, a little bit on the vicious side, uh, sa says uh, that cute dog you want to pet doesn't want you touching it. So, uh, yeah. That's not, that's not true. I don't believe that. Is that right? Nice. Is, is that right? Oh, listen to you be the optimist. Clearly, you uh, you're, you're not reading the uh, the uh, same uh, the same calendar I am, John. But uh, yeah. So so John, I I've got all kinds of stuff to tell you about the trip to Boston. So yeah yeah. Got to see a good baseball game, a little stadium tour. It, it was a it was a wild ass, as they say, baseball game, right? Uh, and for those of you at home who weren't following my life, uh, yes, the uh, Guardians played the Red Sox, and it was a seven six game with a home run in the top of the ninth, winning it for the Guardians. Uh, with many disappointed uh, home fans, they they pouted on the way out of the stadium. Yes, it was. Um, and it, it was one of those games that the lead went back and forth several times before uh, before the Guardians scored a run in the eighth and a run in the ninth. I think it ended up being to win seven six. So yeah. So so John, it is a get. This was our thirtieth stadium, right, John? And, and 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 your sister and I discussed the fact that in. At least twenty-five of the thirty, we had somebody obnoxious sitting near us. So um, it was again uh, a night when we had somebody. Yes, let's go with obnoxious. There are lots of other words for the guy sitting behind us. Um, actually, it was a family. He had three little kids, maybe age ten. All right, it was the oldest one. Uh, the second oldest was a girl. Uh, and uh, I, I know their—I know all their names, as you'll understand in a moment as I tell this. He did a running commentary the entire night, John. Ugh. Out loud. Like a play-by-play. Like play? No, no, like, like, like he, he would say, you know, both the the kids had baseball gloves, and it was like, okay, man on first and second, what do you do if you get the ball at shortstop? Okay. There's there's one out, a guy on third. If you're the center fielder, what do you do? You know, all the way through the game. And to make it even better, the 10-year-old boy, he, he decided, at some point he had decided that his nickname was Big Dog. So, Big Dog. You know, guys on first and second, two out. Where are you going with the ball? Big Dog. Hey, Big Dog, you're not paying attention. Big dog, you know, fly to right field. Big dog, you know. So, yeah, big big dog got asked a lot of questions. Big dog was maybe a little bit like obvious John that uh, he he uh, was distracted a lot. So, uh, include including okay moments moments when uh, his sister punched him. I guess they were sitting behind me, so I didn't see it. But but uh, based on the conversation. Uh, sis might have punched him uh, and by the way she did not have a dog nickname that I, I ever heard so uh, that was kind of a disappointment and then and then crying because the guy in right field would not throw him 
the baseball at the end of warm-ups at, at one point. So, uh, yeah, uh, big, big, dog, big Dog had a struggle. Uh, but, yeah, the entire game, the guy talked constantly doing this. And it's like, oh, my God, please stop. You know, I, I was hoping he'd stop at the end of the sixth inning because, you know, it's, as he said, you know, the Little League game's in at six innings. I thought maybe he would stop, but no. He did not stop. Just kept on rolling. Kept, kept rolling. And, you know, there were times I wanted to answer the question for Big Dog, but I, I thought that would probably be a little rude to kind of yeah, step in. So. Didn't want to steal his thunder. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah I didn't want to. I didn't want to. Well, I, did, I didn't want to help Big Dog's 50% accuracy rate on the answer. So, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that was that was the side issue with, with, with an entertaining game in an entertaining stadium, uh, and of course I, I sent you the uh, the tweet of the two birds and the music right, and told you that was me during Sweet Caroline uh, in the eighth inning. Yeah. It's like yeah, uh, I I don't get it, but I guess there you go. I, I do not understand why they ever started singing it in Boston. But they, they are all big Neil Diamond fans these days. That's weird. It is. It is weird, and, and I'm sure we could go back and dig out the uh, the reason why. Uh, there, there was a funny story that I had not heard before from baseball history. There is one red seat in right center field in the middle of the bleachers, and all the rest of them around there are green. And our tour guide said, well, you know what that seat is. That's the farthest home run ever hit here in Fenway Park. 1946, Ted Williams hit, hit the ball in that seat. And the guy who was sitting there as the second game of the doubleheader was wearing a straw hat, and he fell asleep. So the ball hit him in the head. Uh, it went through the straw hat, made a hole in the straw hat, and hit him in the head. And uh, so there was there was quite the write-up, of course, and they knew exactly what seat it was. And uh, did, did I mention it was 502 feet from home plate? Yeah. Yes. So, so yes, and I uh, they they celebrate that seat, and uh, they've actually had the guy's family back for the 60th anniversary to sit in a row and everything, and so uh, it, it's it's kind of kind, yeah, it's kind of fun. It is, of course, a, a very legendary and historic ballpark, uh, and the stadium tour was full of interesting facts. Uh, they actually have the the stadium seats at a certain point are the same seats they've had since the 1930s. So um, you are sitting in Major League history uh, there, but uh, and it is the oldest park in baseball. Having opened in 1912, April something 1912, and they won. Uh, the, uh, it is interesting that uh, as a Cubs fan, you'll understand this. Uh, according to the tour guide, all right, the uh, Red Sox won. Well, they played in five of the first 15 World Series, John. And then, of course, they traded famously traded Babe Ruth, right? But uh, according to the tour guide. We decided to take a breather and let everybody else catch up with us, and and that explains the 
80-some year hiatus from winning World Series. So, yeah. Took a breather. A Took a breather. Yeah. 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 Just a couple, a couple decade breather. <laughs> yeah. Let, let the Yankees, uh, you know, quadruple the number of uh, World Series wins yeah. you have in the meantime. And, and then decided to get back on it, right? So that was, yes, good good time in Boston. We enjoyed the ballpark, had, had a great experience. And you saw the pictures. Um, uh, somehow I ended up with seats three, three rows off the field, uh, just inside the foul pole in right field in the kind of odd configuration. So uh, we had a ground rule double bounce into the seats right in front of us. And uh, there was a, a couple other foul balls that were fairly close. And it, there was a double down the line that rolled right in front of us too. So uh, could re reach out and touch the right fielder a couple times. Yeah. So rah, rah. Yeah. Rah, rah. 30 down. Uh, we now are trying to figure out what we're going to do with our lives now that we don't have baseball parks. I guess you're going to start with football stadiums. I do not think that's going to happen. No. 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 The the your sister's first impulse was to start over again, but I thought that was kind of lame. But there you go. I I do, I do not know what the the follow up is. But uh, I, we, we both agreed that our top, two of our top were, were on the West Coast. We, we, lo we both love both uh, the Giants Park, whatever it's currently called, and, and uh, Dodger Stadium were uh, pretty much our two favorites. And then it, then it gets a little, yeah. Uh, as we said, a lot of the parks kind of run together because they have very similar designs, so they're nice and everything. And definitely, definitely, Oakland is is in last place, so, all on its own. Uh, and you, and you, yeah, it, it, it's yeah. Well, of course, it's not a baseball stadium in the first place, but yeah, it just yeah felt lonely and and decrepit, unlike uh, Fenway, which of course. They've not only kept up nicely, but you know it was a it was a good a good uh, crowd there on uh, on Wednesday night cheering them on. So that changes the whole tone of the place when you know there are thirty thousand people there instead of I think remember the day we were in Oakland it might not have been five thousand. Yeah, so oh that's right it was it was very I remember that now it's it was very empty yes so right so. All right, so that that is our quick stadium tour, uh, John. So uh, while we're on baseball, John, are you paying any attention to the uh, Cubs uh, gossip uh, rumors these these days? No, not really. Not really. You're 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 not concerned about who they're giving up or who they're going to get, huh? Not really. No, not, not really. Well, I know. Uh, Tuesday they played at home and Contreras and uh, maybe Hap I think it was were hugging in the dugout in the ninth inning on the thought that they would not be back at Wrigley together again so 
Uh, they are both uh, the morning rumor mill, and there haven't really been any trades yet. Uh, the morning rumor mill has them both moving, but uh, and maybe a pitcher or two because you know those guys with arms. Everybody wants more arms, so uh, it'll be it'll be. Uh, to those of us who are baseball fans and uh, watching the balance of power, it will be interesting to see who really moves. And, and uh, of course, even though you don't understand how good the hall might be at the time, uh, it'll be interesting to see if it's, it seems like they really got a good return for, for all their players. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I feel for you. Uh, I, I guess we, we talked about the article in the, was it the Chicago paper that the guy said the Cardinals clearly try to win all the time and the Cubs don't give a damn about their fans. They won one in 16 and they're just going ride that for heaven only knows how long. 100 years. Well, that, that might be a bit much, but clearly they they uh they're in sell mode this year they're not very good third worst record in baseball the last time i looked and but they have the third best attendance so uh yeah yeah so it's uh kind of ironic but it'll be yeah uh, they don't seem to be trying very hard to be putting together yet another team like the one that won in 16 and uh did not have a very long life, that team, did it? No. No, they they no, they, they, they made the made the made the playoffs since seventeen. And that was pretty much it, right? Yeah, well they made them in fourteen and fifteen, right? The two uh-huh. years. Uh, as a wild card in fourteen and knocked out the Cardinals in the first round. So they went further in fourteen than anybody thought. 15 was a little bit of a disappointment, and then 16 uh, put the pieces together, including the trade for what's his name, the left-handed reliever, who pretty much won on the World Series. It's with the Yankees now. Yeah, you're not helping. Yes, sir. You you know who I mean. No. You don't. Okay. Well, boy, you, you you blocked out the memories of 2016. Blocked. Uh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't say blocked isn't the right word. You've wiped out the memories of 2016. Maybe. Maybe. All right. So anyway, the uh, it looks like uh, the Cubs are going to be sellers. Um, I. I think the Cardinals are going to make some minor moves but for years now they've not made a big trade and uh, I keep hearing everybody wanting to talk about the Juan Soto trade but yesterday I heard the two general managers on the MLB networks talk and say it's just a hard trade to make with that many pieces and everything so uh, yeah you know you know moving five players for a guy takes cojones Yeah, well, you'd have to think uh, that he was really going, you know, what what do we do, wins above replacement? How many wins is he really worth As uh, with 60 games left this year? 
And even if you're hoping to keep him the next two years uh, before his contract runs out, and even if you thought you were going to have the money to pay him to keep him in even longer than that. But, yeah, given, you know, a bunch of quality players for him, well, you know, teams are more than willing to do that to win a World Series, right? But you'd pretty much, you'd probably have to feel like he was going to win you the World Series. And right fielders don't very often do that. I, I, I was thinking about this, and, and I apologize for thinking about this, but it really, uh, when, when you're sitting there trying to decide who makes a difference, it's really either a closer or a starting pitcher, uh, one or the other, who's going to come really, you know, literally win you games, right? Guys like, you know, remember Justin Verlander coming over and winning however many games he won and then winning playoff games for the Astros. You know, guys like, what's that? Oh, yeah, I remember when Verlander did quite a nice job of that. Yeah, well, you know, and I, I know... There for a while, the model was CC Sabathia came over uh, to the Yankees. No, to the to the Milwaukee the one year from Cleveland and won like he was like six and zero in July and August, and you know he was the number one starter in the playoffs. As a guy, you know, a starting pitcher can win you series, right? So, yeah. So uh, that that seems like they're uh, in the short term more valuable than a Juan Soto might be but so we'll 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 see so 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 John you you're you getting psyched up about football season yeah we got most everybody's training camps have started I think if not everyone so that's exciting um yeah you know it's a new season so everybody's undefeated as of right now everybody's got high hopes yeah Everybody's talking about everybody's new contract. So did you see that the Kyler Murray contract uh, that we talked about last week and all the money had a, uh, a homework clause? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Uh, did you see all those different tweets and everything? Yeah, I've seen a lot of comments about, uh, yeah, about, about that. And, you know, again, the... Major League ne- Network guys were talking about, I've never done that in a contract or seen that in a contract, but I, I can understand why you might want to do it. He does have a reputation for not preparing maybe as well as he should. But I saw last night an announcement that they uh, the, the Cardinals have, uh, have um, I, I don't know what the technical term is, but they, they are not uh, holding him to that clause. I guess the PR was so bad that uh, mm-hmm. they decided not to. It's, uh, so there was a tweet of him on his uh, his headset with his game uh, controller in his hands with him saying, guys, get back on, I'm live. So uh, that, that was pretty funny. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so so John, let's do some let's do some college football over and unders since college starts before uh, before uh, the NFL does by however long a week or so. Uh, I don't know. Have we talked about your Hoosiers, John? No, we have not. I don't think. 
Well, I, I, you know, I, I heard people talking again this week about over and under. So let's talk about a couple of our, our favorites to talk about. Uh, Hoosiers, according to my FanDuel account, over and under is four, John. Not four and a half, just four. So I was, I was looking, John. Uh, I'm not sure the over is sure. But they open with Illinois at home, Idaho, and Western Kentucky. Is that not three wins? I would think so. Uh, um, I okay. Without them winning on the road, okay. They play Maryland at home. They play they play Rutgers on the road. Yeah, okay, and they have Purdue at home. That's three winnable games, right? Yeah. Well, and, and to go over four, they need two out of the three. Yes. So uh, I am assuming they're not winning at Cincinnati. I don't I don't think they're going to beat Michigan, even though it's a home game. Uh, I don't know that they're going to beat Penn State, even though it's a home game. They play at Ohio State and at Michigan State. So that's the rest of their schedule, as I say. Uh, I, I left Nebraska off. We have talked about Nebraska, who has an over-under of 7.5. And, a half. and uh, I think at home against IU, Nebraska is supposed to win that game. But, uh, you know, I, I, would be in, I, I will be intrigued to watch. Uh, of course, that's the, what, fifth week of the season. We'll know more about both teams by then. But uh, I, 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 I wouldn't think it was a sure bet either way. But So, so I, I know you're a homer, so you're going to say take the over on the four, John? Well, here's the problem. Yeah. I'm not real sure who this quarterback is. Ah. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be Tuttle will be the starter, which is he is has flashes of decency, but uh, I don't know that he can lead the team to a bunch of wins, and I don't know a lot about the younger QBs on the team. Ah, yeah. Well, uh, you you can win you can win in college football without a great quarterback, but no, I agree. But you need to have a quarterback that can. Our young friend, Mr. Penix, did constantly right. last year. Right. Penix had issues last year, but he's gone, right? Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, so, so that that is your concern. Uh, just uh, you, you're you're not sure that the offense is going to be highly productive. So. Oh yeah, I mean. I mean, they've had a decent defense the last few years. I think that's the the good thing that Allen brings to the team is some some fire on that side of the ball. But um, they're going to have to score points, and I don't know that they can put up a lot. Yeah, well, offensive roster. I, I will stick with the maybe they'll be three and zero, and then uh, I I think you get to at least four for the push. I would think the over would be the way to go. So, if if you're out there, and we're talking about having uh, Swerve and, and Sean on for a college football 
we listen to them podcast in a couple weeks and so we'll have to drop the iu thing and see what they they do because it'll it will be out of their wheelhouse right john yes they love that stuff they do uh, but they don't study iu uh very careful so john the other one we love to rag on uh and probably i should use a different term uh believe it or not uh, FanDuel has the Texas Longhorns over and under at eight and a half, and that's regular season, John. Eight and a half. Yeah. So uh, I, I have their schedule in front of me, John. Just, just I'm going to do like the guy did with the Cowboys last week. We're going to go through it, yeah. and, and uh, okay. Uh, they open with uh, Louisiana Monroe. That's a W. They they then in game two at noon on September tenth they play a team called Alabama. That's an L. Okay. The next week they play Utsa. <laughs> That's a W. Okay. Uh, then they play at Texas Tech. Should be a W. Okay. They play at West Virginia. Yeah, and they play home against West Virginia. <laughs> oh, I've got, I, yeah, right. Home against West Virginia. So that should be a W. So that's, should be, yeah. that's four. They play Oklahoma, which of course is a neutral site game. Yep. But I'll take the Sooners, Boomer Center. Okay, so we're still at four. They play at home against Iowa State. Should win that. Okay, on the road at Oak State. Should win that? Uh, I don't know what Oak State brings back, but okay. I, I'm stuck with five. Uh, you've seen doubtful. Then at Kansas State. That should be a, definitely should be a win. Okay. Uh, home against TCU. Should be a win. I don't oh. think TCU is very good this year. Okay, that's seven. Kansas, at Kansas should be eight. Yep. And then at home against Baylor. Yeah, that would be nine. It, uh, that assumes that they they uh, beat Kansas State on the road. They beat Baylor at home. They beat Texas Tech at, on the road. Right. Who knows how good Tech really is, and who they knows Oak State on the road. No, no, they don't need Oak State. I I have them losing Alabama, Oak State. And uh, OU. That would make them nine and three. So, so am I betting? Am I putting some of my money on the over at eight and a half? I wouldn't. There you go. Because it's Texas, and they are going to do Texas things, and they will shake the bet somewhere they, there. They they will lose to Texas San Antonio on the seventeenth. So. <laughs> or they lose to Kansas State at home or on the road yeah. on, in November. Right. You know, when they're like looking good, you know, they probably maybe only have one or two losses at that point and they're going to uh, at Kansas State thinking they're going to make a bowl game or the New Year's Six or whatever you want to call it now. And, yeah. And then 
Ah, you're a bad man. Uh, so I, 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 you know, I have the ESPN uh, web version up, which is a whole different view. Uh, you might have it up too. You love to look at ticket prices. Did you, do you see that they want the low ticket price for the Alabama game is two hundred forty three dollars. It's not bad. Is that not bad? Okay. The Oklahoma game, it's as low as 300 Yeah, well, that game is always huge. Cause that's, yeah, that is a state fair awesome. game. Yeah, right. So, yep. uh, yeah, $9 for Monroe, 14 for Utsa, <laughs> uh, 16 for West Virginia, 15 for Iowa State, a massive 19 for TCU, which... And only twenty for Baylor, which, uh, they, yeah, those are. If you wanted tickets, uh, you could you could go see uh, some conference games there at uh, in Austin for a cheap price. Yeah, it's not really as close as you think it is. What do you mean? Oh, I I I, I was talking generically. I, I wasn't thinking you were jumping on the road to drive to Austin. To see UT games because I know how much you love UT. Uh, I, you, Not only that, but navigating the city of Austin during uh, game day weekend, I guess, is is quite the challenge as well. Well, yeah, I suspect that's true of all, all these college towns when you have eighty thousand or some fans in some not terribly big part of town. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, and it's you know the entire town's under construction for the last decade, so uh, well, that doesn't help anything either. Well, you know, Texas is a booming place, man. Everybody from California is moving there. Especially to Austin. Which, you know, makes not a lot of sense. You know, uh, you know, I keep seeing people talk about leaving communist California for non-communist Texas or Florida, and I mean, if you you're going from communist California to Austin, you aren't you going from communism to communism? If that's your reasoning for leaving, yes, you are. Yeah. That, that would be a that would be a what what would someone say a lateral move. A lateral move. A lateral move. Okay. So last week, John, if you remember, and you're going to act like maybe you didn't. Uh, we were talking about how big fan bases were and when the conference realignments came, who would want what. So I sent you a link to a study some people did uh, uh, as to the size of fan bases. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. Okay, there you go. I was hoping you would say that. So do you remember anything uh, that was a surprise in terms of... Uh, Oregon was a lot bigger than I would have I said last week, I think I said that Oregon was a, had a pretty big fan base, but I didn't think they were top, what was it, top ten, five? Oh, they were in the top ten for sure. I'd, I'd have to be able to bring it back up and figure out what I did to uh, to find it. But, yeah, they were top ten. That was a surprise. I guess uh, another surprise was who is the big dog in the Big 12 now that Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. It's West Virginia by a long way. Yeah. So, which is... I don't know, 
West Virginia, I mean, what do you got? What else do you got to do in West Virginia besides go hiking in the Appalachian Mountains? Okay. There is uh, John, uh, who is already on the shit list for uh, in a whole series of states adding West Virginia to, to the list. Uh, yeah. But uh, I, I will I, I will I will I will point out, uh, and I'm I'm exaggerating a little bit. Morgantown is almost a suburb of Pittsburgh, so uh, it's uh, um, it it is on the uh, Pennsylvania border, and, and uh, yeah, might not be the same as talking about Charleston or someplace in the center of the state, but. Okay, but but I'm still I was still surprised in terms of the Big Twelve uh, how this person estimated the size of everything and that. Uh, well, they're pretty new to the Big Twelve, right? They've right. Been. Yeah, they, so. they, they they did they take Nebraska's place? No, who was the last one to leave? They 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 they, they were added when somebody left. Maybe Missouri was the last to leave, but one of those teams. Uh, it was interesting that I, we, we, I, will, I will reiterate I am more than willing to give Nebraska back to the Big 12 just in case anybody forgot that okay uh, that's okay there there you go for everybody uh, John just added West Virginia to the Nebraska Oklahoma list I'm sure there's probably another state I'm forgetting but okay so I would take, I would take West Virginia in the Big 10 over Nebraska yeah. that would be a, I think that would be a good addition to the Big 12 <sighs> yeah, but they didn't make they didn't make that deal back when, so um, yeah. I, they gotta, I mean, they've got a pretty decent basketball program, great usually too. Yeah, uh, I wonder if West Virginia is in the uh, academic group that seems to be a uh, a telltale sign. So we uh, one of the things that. Uh, that the, this this study showed all, all those Pac-12 schools uh, have, according to them, have much bigger uh, fan bases than the Big 12 schools. Well, they're pretty highly populated cities too. Yeah, well, I mean, Arizona State's in the Scottsdale, Mesa area, Phoenix. Yeah. Um, Obviously, you got the California teams, which are in highly populated areas. Let's see if I oh, can. No. About the Washington teams, but are they ranked higher than the Big Twelve teams? Washington teams are, are they? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Washington has like a cult following. It's kind of a weird little college group there you know their flag is made it to game day every game every you know every single week so I'm sure you've seen that little snippet on how they navigate that yeah I, so I, can't, research. I can't I can't find the uh, well Uh, that's 10 years ago. All right. 
I, I can find the study from, it was June of this year, West Virginia ranks 34th with a fan base of 1.84 million. Uh, but, you know, I've got all these individual ones, but I can't find, you know, it took me a while to find the total, the big study. The big study. I I, I, I struggled to find the link. I, I found all these places that, like Oregon says, you know, their, their wire has a, you know, a story about how they are a national brand and what, yeah, it shows a top 16, but it doesn't, uh, doesn't give me the whole list. Top 16 doesn't get you very much, right? Oregon was number seven, supposedly 5.54 million uh, fans in their fan base. Uh, Texas was number three, Notre Dame two, Ohio State number one. And Penn State was number four, Michigan's number five, Florida six. So, yeah, according to this, the Pac-12 has over 100 million more fans than the Big 12. Right. So and all the, you got to include the California. When you put California in on that mix, you know it's kind of like the you know you got a bazillion people in just the LA San Diego area. So yeah, that really drives your. It, it 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 does explain why USC and UCLA are uh, were able to make a big money move, uh, but it also makes you wonder if uh, they can't survive uh, without any more movement. Even though you know, Sports Illustrated was reporting the Big Ten was talking to a bunch of other schools still, so I don't. So the big Big Ten has sixteen. Do you go to eighteen? Do you go to twenty? How big do you go? Man. I mean, you gotta stop at sixteen, don't you? I don't know, man. Because that gives you, you know, two eighteen divisions. Right, and in football, that and means that, that that's seven seven games in division in football and. You know, two or three crossover games, and then a couple non-conference, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I I don't know. So it's just interesting to see the size of fan bases, and as you pointed out, you were surprised. I was even more surprised because I didn't think Oregon's fan base should be that big, uh, and here they are in the top ten. So I guess this is why the Big Ten's talking to them. And why they think they have big leverage in the Pac-12, or whatever it is these days, um, that they can maybe write a contract where they get a bigger cut of the pie. So there we go. So that, that, that far down the list, Alabama is. Well, it's not a very populous state for one thing, and. You know, more people hate Alabama than like Alabama, I think, so, at this point. Yeah, I think it's the real hate kind of thing, I agree. And, and then, and then they, they have not had much tradition in basketball to help them either, so. That's, yeah. that's true. Yeah, so. But neither has Oregon. 
Well, Oregon went to a Final Four not too long ago. That's about it. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I I would take a Final Four. Hmm. Hmm. I would take a Sweet Sixteen at this point. <laughs> but you're going to be great this year. There you go. Here's a transition to IU basketball. I, I keep seeing I, I keep seeing stories. They're going to be great. IU IU is back. We'll see. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. Uh, I I don't know who they have playing guard, which has been the problem for several years. So, right. but, but you know, what's his name? Uh, Jackson Hewitt or whatever his name is came back, and so did a couple other people. So. I Jackson think, Davis, you mean? Yeah, well, I, I didn't remember his name. Trace. Is that his first name? Uh-huh. Yeah, Trace. Yeah. So, I remember it, I remember it's three initials, uh, is, is his name. And, and I'm, I'm, uh, he's good. Okay, I don't want to, I don't want to diss him. But acting like he's, like, the savior of the program and that they were, you know, going to be decimated if he left, I don't know, he's... Yeah, he, he he hasn't shown it for how many years? I mean, he's been good, but he has well, We're a lot better off with him than we are without him, though, by far. Uh, well, I, I think I'll grant you that, but I don't, I don't think him coming back guarantees you sweet 16s. No. Yeah. Okay. We're clear on that. All right. So uh, what, what are we looking forward to going ahead, John? the new seasons of regular TV are coming back soon so that's something to look forward to I don't know what's on the horizon I haven't seen any previews for any new shows uh, no um, I, there's a lot don't watch enough network TV to know what's going on really but. no network TV is definitely it is dying Did, have you finished well we got one more episode I think of the old man have, no. you, have you are you up to date with that no I know there's too much talking for you but um, there was a uh, the, the seventh episode was pretty good like you with a pretty good hand, cliffhanger yeah so yeah I, I have not watched any since uh, we last spoke it's we we, right. we, we spent the get up. we we spent the week uh, we binge watched uh, the new Star Trek series which is which is pretty good I, I'll admit though uh <clears throat> In one of those things, the obvious brothers have to talk about uh, Captain Pike's hair. Is yeah, it, it is it is noteworthy. How's that for a word? Noteworthy. Yeah. Is this the one, the gray-haired guy? Yeah. The yeah. fake gray-haired guy, of course. But yeah, and he's got he's got kind of a uh, yeah. I do not know how. To, he, he no, it's not an Elvis Presley. It's a uh, he his 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 hair is sculpted. Let us just say sculpted. How's that for a word? And 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 your your sister pointed out that this one episode was clearly the unkept hair episode because his hair was messed messed up the entire time. So which is not the norm. So uh, I I have not seen the actor. I don't think in anything else. I, and I, I, I don't think I'd recognize him without his hair being uh, 
the way it, it is in the whatever 10 episodes so there so that that is what we did for dv viewing this week and it's 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 pretty good uh and and he is a lot of fun so uh there you go uh man i was going to say something oh i know what i was going to say it's friday the 29th uh you know what today is uh live tour Yeah, the protesters were have been out the last couple of days, and of course the uh, the ex president uh, made an appearance and played in the pro am there. So, just adding fuel to the fire, and I guess uh, I I did not foresee this. I admit it when I said there would be protesters. I thought of a different uh, ilk. Maybe they're not so much of a different ilk, but. Uh, 9-11 uh, survivor protesters were, were there because, you know, I, I, I watched the nightly news last night and they said that uh, Bedminster is near the Twin Towers. And I'm like, what, what, what? But anyway, so it's close enough where it's close enough where they can come out of New York City and and protest. It's 50 miles. But so. Uh, but, but of course, there the, uh, of course, yeah, I'm, I'm going to state what may not be so obvious, but, uh, you know, all the 9-11, uh, survivor people all blame the Saudis for what happened. So, you know, him having them there. And then of course he said some things that, yeah, as he, as he often, as he often does. Yes. Yeah. So Anson Mount is the, uh, actor. Right. And you're. He's been, uh, you, you probably, I'm sure you never watched it. It was on uh, A&E. It was called Hell on Wheels. Did you ever watch that series? Nope. It was a pretty good series about, oh. like, the basically the construction of the uh, Pacific Railroad and stuff like that. Oh. Um, very oh. kind of a spaghetti western type. Oh, I wa- we, watch, we watched some of it, yeah. Yeah, and they're in the camp at the, uh, the where they're doing the railroad construction. It's part, at least part of it. And there, there's a there's a sheriff and some bad guys. Yes. Okay. Well, right. he's technically one of the bad guys, but kind of takes on a the sheriff's position as a. So yeah, it's not a bad series. Okay. It's got uh, nice I, series too. I didn't. I did not recognize him from that, but. And like I say, I don't think we finished the first season, but we watched a number of episodes. But that's been it's been quite a few years ago. It started in 2011, so yeah, it's it's been a yeah been a decade. Wow, I, I I would not have said that, but yeah, I would have said at least five years. So yeah, and so I I think in the uh, obvious brothers uh, world of records and memories. Uh, going back that far is just asking way too much. You don't, you don't, you don't remember the Cubs winning the World Series in 2016. So, and it seemed like a very, 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 very long time ago already. Yeah, well, baseball season, baseball seasons, as you know, are very, very, very long. So uh, it uh, it's easy to wipe out. Yeah. It makes you think. You've watched a, You could have watched a lot of baseball games since 2016. So, yeah. Yeah. So, 
All right. What and why? Why is it I can't come up with the pitcher's name that you don't remember who you should worship as a god? Huh? Harry Wood. No. The one who won the world. <laughs> the one who won the world. Harry Wood. That's pretty funny. <clears throat> okay. Um, Shoot, his name just went right across my tongue. Did it? He's with the Phillies now. Is he? I thought. Thought he was still with the Yankees. He's with the Yankees and he's hurt. He was throwing. Uh, he was throwing. You know, he throws a hundred and two hundred and sixteen. Oh, you mean um, the closer? Ar Arnoldus Chapman. Chapman. Yeah. I was thinking of the starter, the one that's with the uh, with the Phillies. Um. Oh. He was kind of a stud too. Yeah. But, uh, he was good too. Yeah. Well. Uh, uh, Arietta. Yes, Jake Arietta. But I think he retired. Did he really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so anyway, yeah, it was Chapman they got from, I think, the Yankees, and he went back to the Yankees, uh, but he saved, well, I know he saved games, well, did they win in game seven in extra innings? And he picks pitched extra, so I give him credit. That that was a big, that was a big trade, to get him, and I think he was a big difference maker. I'm not sure somebody like Juan Soto has the same kind of impact. So that's where I was going. So, yeah, Chapman, yeah. Okay, so uh, now now we killed almost an hour, John. Uh, we, I, we, I forgot to tell you the criticism from uh, the only person I know for sure who listens. Well, no, I know two people who listen for sure. But one I know who gives crit critical advice constantly said, we really shouldn't be searching for stuff and leaving dead airspace, uh, which I think we... Well, we, we uh, yeah, last week uh, we spent a long time looking for one thing in particular, and I got yelled at. So we'll, we'll we'll not do that anymore if we can help it. All right. Well, we didn't do a very good job of avoiding it this week either. Oh, I no, I th I thought we had things up pretty much, but we'll we'll have we'll we're going. You know, we're still a work in progress, John. We're still improving. That's right. That's right. It's only been six years. We're still we're still uh, figuring out our our ways. Hmm. Okay, six. Wow. Okay, we should have an anniversary. But anyway, all right, John. Uh, I probably killed enough time. I want you to get off and, and watch YouTube uh, the Live Tour because why not, right? Sure. Why not? Why not? All right, John. Um, oh, I, I, you know, because I, I, I'm sorry to do this. I, I was about to exit. Did you watch any of the golf tournament last Sunday? So I turned over at about 4.30 to watch the finish. And I, ha well, I turned it off because it was over in like a heartbeat. Scott Piercy had like a four-stroke lead going into Sunday. And when I turned it on, I think he made a par just as I turned it on. He then made a triple bogey on the next hole that made him six over for five holes. 
and completely blew the lead. And Finau was playing like four groups ahead of him, makes another 30-footer for birdie to go four strokes up. So, you know, it was one of those, wow, a guy who's played like 18 under for, you know, three and a half rounds just came apart at the seams. And, you know, the other guy catches fire and shoots 32 or whatever, 31 on the back nine on the last day and gets a W. It was it was both painful to watch and amazing because, you know, Finau can't putt, but every once in a while one of those guys who can't putt drains a few and cashes a big check, well, right? And, and, he was, and he's playing well again this week. He could go back-to-back. Back. I mean, he's eight under. He had to tie it for the lead to start of the second round today. So Yeah, I, I, I saw he had a good round, but it was the Piercy – it was a Piercy meltdown that was, and they were talking, of course, the commentators trying to figure out what to say, right? In the middle of the meltdown, always trying to, you know, he's trying to take deep breaths. He's trying to pace himself. He's trying, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and uh, I, I felt his pain. Um, the one He made a triple bogey by hitting it off the tee. And, of course, I said, you want to be short of these traps, right? And they were hitting, they weren't even hitting driver. And he hits it into the trap and it buries in the face of the bunker. And he had one of those down on the shaft above your, you know, about waist high shots with a plug lie. He did not get it out of the bunker. Uh, And then the next one he hit in the water, uh, trying to hit it on the green out of the sand trap. So, yeah, it was like, holy moly, don't want to watch. Right, yeah. Did you see uh, the highlight from yesterday's round where the I think his name is Mark Hubbard, somebody I've never really heard of. Yeah. But he. Uh, oh, he made the hole in one. After he dropped his club like yeah. a bad shot. Right. He yeah. did the I, swing and release and goes like, oh, and then it rolls up and goes in. Yeah, I, like, I did okay. see that. Yeah, I. Sure. Yeah, I, I I would I I would love to hit bad shots like that. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So, all right, on that note, we're going to go hit bad shots today and uh, uh, have some fun, right, John? That's right. Have a good day. Have a good weekend. You too, and uh, we'll be talking next week. All right. Bye, bro. Bye, bro.